0: Hello, oh, and welcome back to Insure and Certain Hope, a podcast about Christ, the Church, faith, and other things. I'm the Reverend Jedediah Fox, Director of the Church of the Dreamer in Kenmore, Washington, and your host. Very glad you're with us this morning, and hey, we got our regular audio back. Hooray! Today we'll be taking, we'll be, uh, taking a look at the fourth promise of the baptismal covenant. So let's jump in. As we turn our attention now to the last two promises of the baptismal covenant as a guide for our Christian lives, it's important to look back at where we've been and how it's guiding us towards how we look at these last two promises in the next couple podcasts. So, of course, we started with the idea that we needed to... uh, Do this in community. Will you continue in the apostles teaching and fellowship and the breaking of the bread and in the prayers? An idea that, that none of this is done outside of community, outside of relationship, and that it is that narrative in relationship that is the good news of the gospels and the worship of God that puts us in relationship with God and with each other. That is the basis for the whole rest of our Christian life. That's the beginning point. And then the next request is for us to begin to form habits of holy life. Will you persevere in resisting evil? And whenever you fall into sin, repent and return to the Lord. And that request is th- that question, that-, that charge in our baptized life is about building up these habits of heart and mind and action that will turn us, aw- continue to turn us toward and drive us closer to God in Jesus Christ and God in each other to continue to cultivate these habits. And whenever we fail in these habits, whenever we, we don't keep these habits that we're trying to create or we, we succumb to habits that are not of that nature... That we acknowledge that we're imperfect, that we acknowledge that we don't do everything right and that's okay, but that we turn and make different choices knowing that God is going to be with us and forgive us and understand that we, as we move through repentance and amendment of life. And reconciliation with those that we've harmed, we are in fact modeling and moving closer to and building those habits even in that action. And then finally, the third promise that we talked about, we proclaim by word and example the good news of God in Christ. It's about stewardship and evangelism in these actions that we, we, the, what are the actions, what are the habits that we cultivate? They're habits of living out the story that we have received in the Apostles' teaching and fellowship, and, and that they are habits that we are living out on our lives that should make it look like that which we tell, that story that we tell ourselves, that worship that we practice weekly or even more than weekly about what God is doing in the world. And that we we live these habits out in a world and are willing to share them with others and are not just willing, but eager to share that life, these habits of action and heart and mind with others. So then the question becomes, how do we do that? And our first answer is, well we do that by proclaim, by seeking and serving Christ in all persons and loving your neighbor as yourself and when we hear that we should think hmm where have i heard that before where have i heard that before love the lord your god with all your heart soul strength and mind and love your neighbor as you love yourself On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Oh, right, that. Yeah, the the great commandment, as it is known in the Gospels. Jesus' great summation of the law into two interconnected points. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. And love your neighbor as you love yourself. Three charges in two points. Will you seek and serve Christ in all persons, loving your neighbor as yourself? So as we're proclaiming this is the goal that we're moving to and this is this is about stewardship it's about evangelism it's also about ethics it's also about morality it's also about how we choose to live our lives what is the orientation how do we orient ourselves in in the most ancient practices of baptism you remember earlier in the baptismal covenant there's that um that request of people before we get into the the depth of the baptismal covenant um, where we recite the Apostles' Creed. We say, do you, we we ask people, do you renounce Satan and all the spiritual forces of wickedness that rebel against God? Do you renounce the evil powers of this world which corrupt and destroy the creature of God? Do you renounce all sinful desires that drive you from the love of God? Do you turn to Jesus Christ and accept him as your savior? And in the most ancient practices of this baptismal covenant, because these, these words are very old in the church, this, this form of baptism, uh, the, the candidate for baptism would literally turn themselves from facing away from the altar and the priest toward the altar and the priest, as they said, I do, to show that change in orientation that change in the direction that they were facing toward Christ, God in Jesus Christ, crucified and risen. And, and so this fourth promise, will you seek and serve Christ in all persons, loving your neighbor as yourself, has profound implications for how we orient ourselves toward the world once we have changed our orientation to Christ. Because we are called in our baptism then to go out into the world seeking Christ in all persons, not just seeking Christ in all our Christians, not just seeking Christ in all others in our community, not just seeking Christ in the people that look like us, but seeking Christ in all persons, right? And this is partly based on on that passage from Matthew's gospel in chapter 25, uh, the, this vision that Jesus casts of Jesus when he comes uh, to his throne after the second coming and he divides people out based on how they acted toward the least, of the lost and little, those who are hungry, thirsty, imprisoned, prison, injured, naked, and in any other form of need. And Jesus says, truly, as you did it to the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you did it to me whether it's giving, fulfilling their needs, or ignoring their needs. And so our promise that we're called to is to seek Jesus in all persons, to orient ourselves toward all people as if Jesus is there in them, as part of them, is them. Loving our neighbor as, as ourselves. And in that lies this tension because when we begin to talk about ethics and morality and things like that, particularly ethics though, um, you know, the, the, the classical definition is the seeking of good. And the most classical definition, which predates Christianity is seeking good for the self. Um, you know, the ancient Greek philosophers and, and, and among others, Uh, those are the ones we talk about the most because those are the ones we, we put up on a pedestal in Western civilization. Uh, but this is as good a definition as any, Uh, but seeking good for the self and in Christian ethics, seeking good for ourselves and others. And there's an implied natural tension there because very quickly, when you try to live into this promise, you find that, Loving our neighbor as we love ourselves sometimes feels like we have to choose one or the other. And then we start to think, okay, we we have to do some calculus. We have to live somewhere in this continuum of loving others or loving ourselves. You know, and so, you know, one of the things that we should not do, though, as Christians is buy into this dichotomy, because what happens is that... All too often, you you get into a position where you're like, "Well, I I you know, I will choose myself today, and tomorrow I'll choose others, or the opposite. I'll choose I'll 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 uh I'll love others today. I'll do do for others today at the expense of myself, and then I'll I'll get to myself later." Neither of those options. Or anything in between, I'll, you know, I'll love myself 75%, I'll love, I'll, I'll, I'll give of myself 25%, or I'll give of myself 75%, and I'll, I'll love myself 25%. Neither of those, and it, living on that continuum somewhere where we have to, where we're picking and choosing and percent, percentagealizing. I don't think that's a word, but I just made it one. Um, neither of the, not living on this continuum is not actually fulfilling The promise that we make in baptism, because it doesn't say find the happy medium between loving your neighbor and yourself. It says love your neighbor as yourself. It assumes that you can and should and must do both, which seems hard to fathom sometimes. But that's the tricky bit about Christian ethics is that we have to, we don't get to just sort of make this very simple equation where it's like love for self plus love for others equals love. It's, it's a more difficult calculus. And there are no set rules. Like we have guidelines in Christian ethics. We have goals but anytime we try to set up rules in Christian history, we, we quickly run into problems. And oftentimes in Christian history, those problems have looked like the Inquisition, the Crusades, right? They they they've built themselves up into the Salem Witch Trials or, or uh, other equally problematic things when we rely too much on rules and not enough on finding the way of loving ourselves and our neighbors equally at the same time. And there's no easy answer for this either. There's no quick and simple, well, this is what you do. There's no technical fix There's no via media between love God, love your neighbor. It's you are looking for that something else, that other solution at all times in every situation where you are seeking both your good and flourishing and the good and flourishing of others. And this is not just in an individual sense. This is not just... You know, we're seeking, we're seeking the outcome where both my neighbor who wants a chain link fence and I, who think chain link fences are the ugliest thing on the face of the planet, will come to some sort of agreement or arrangement or happy medium, right? That's, that's to simplify it far, far too much. But this is, this is the orientation that we're called as Christians to walk around the whole world with. To orient ourselves to the whole world with individual to individual, group to group, person to society. And it's only one half of it, right? Because next next podcast, we'll talk about the fifth promise, which narrows the focus even further in particular ways. Which builds down to the nitty gritty in some ways and where we can really get into the ethical quandaries, But if you go into Christian ethics as a, as a rule, looking for easy answers, even in the Episcopal church, especially, maybe especially in the Episcopal church, if you go in looking for um, answers such as the Episcopal church says X about nuclear warfare. Well, that one's pretty, maybe that's not a great example because. War is bad, right? That's a pretty basic Christian ethic, and, you know. And then some people will argue about just war theory, um, and and that's a discussion for another time. But um, war is bad, <laughs> and, and total war, which is the assumption of nuclear warfare, which is in which um, not only com- uh, enemy combatants are harmed, but but innocent bystanders are harmed. That is always a no go in the Christian ethic uh in any way, shape, or form. Like so maybe nuclear warfare is not a good example. Um maybe a better example is fracking. What does the Episcopal Church say about fracking? Or fossil fuels in general. Or you know, pick any hot button topic and it one, you will not find one answer because the Episcopal Church is not a monolith. And secondly, it's very dependent on how we have conversations about seeking and serving Christ and all persons and loving our neighbor as ourself. Like we have a goal and that is full human flourishing of every human, right? Both of these promises, both the one that we're focusing on this week, seeking and serving Christ and all persons, loving your neighbor as yourself. And what we, the one we will focus more on next week, where you strive for justice and peace among all people and respect the dignity of every human being. These are, all talk, these are both talking in different ways about the full flourishing of humanity. In our orientation spiritually, culturally, societally, individually, whichever. That's what we're talking about. And so to, to assume that, that there's, there's a quick answer or a quick rule that you follow for any of these is, is just never going to happen. And that might not be the answer you want to hear. You might want to say, well, I just need an answer. And the answer is we come to this agreement in community In deep, interconnected relationship. That's what this is about. Seeking and serving Christ in all persons. Loving your neighbor as yourself is about living into deep and interconnected community at all times for the good of all of us so that we can reach full human flourishing, which means living into the reality that God created us to exist in, in the first place. And so discerning how we move in this society, in this culture to that place is, gets very tricky and there's no good answer. So if you're looking for the, the, you know, ethics for ethical answers for dummies guide, this is not the podcast for you i'm very sorry um but if you're looking to to live into the whys and wherefores and um and how to how to think critically and communally and relationally about this this is how we live the christian life want to thank you for joining us on this episode of ensure and certain life podcast about christ the church faith and other things as we continue our series on the christian life i hope you'll join us again next time and until then god's blessing be with you christ's peace be with you and the spirit's outpouring be with you